This is a Lip Media Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Well, hello. Welcome to, if you don't mind, it's your host, Madeline Sherrington here, welcoming you back for a brand new episode. Yeah, we are getting through season three very rapidly. I apologize for my little sabbatical last week. I needed a break. I really did. And I did nothing. And it was beautiful. <laughs> so I'm sorry if anyone was expecting an episode that day, but I just needed to... uh relax. And I feel a little bit better now, a little bit more uh, revitalized um, and re-energized. So apologies for the little break, but we're back and we're back with a great new episode. On today's episode, I interview the lovely Maddie. Oh, what a great name I hear you say. Yeah, it's a great name. <laughs> so Maddie and I actually met like so many years ago, I'm going to say like five or six years ago, um, when we were working in retail, we had one shift together. We clicked so much. Um, we got on so well and we were just like sharing our stories so openly about our, our mental health struggles. And she's one of the reasons I in I decided to go ahead with the podcast because at first I was like, well, people want to listen to this. Well, people just think this is boring. Um, but that conversation with her changed so much for me. And I was like, no, nah, this this needs to happen. This this show needs to go ahead. And I did. So in terms of what we discuss, it's really interesting. So when I met Maddie, she was fresh, she was freshly 18, just out of high school. And she told me this story about how the last two years of high school had been really hard for her. She had a very, very, very um, intense battle with anxiety. Um, and it impacted her school life and her life in general so, so much. Um, so we talk about that. Uh, we also talk about how she also lives with a few different chronic health conditions and how those kind of overlap with her mental health. Um, and this idea of not being productive enough, not getting enough stuff done and being so focused with achieving and how that impacts you over a long period of time. So it's a really, really interesting episode. I really, really liked it. Um, I think it's a discussion that I haven't really had with people yet. So really keen for you guys to listen. In terms of a trigger warning, we talk about anxiety and depression, eating disorders and body dysmorphia. So if those are things you can't listen to today, that's totally fine. Come back when you're ready. So yeah, this is this is the lovely Maddie. I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side. Maddie, welcome to If You Don't Mind. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly uh, we're going to get on anyway because our names are the same. Uh, the most important. The most important thing in the world. But we've actually known each other for quite a few years, but in a very like non- 
uh, linear Very way. Here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Very here and there. So I guess we met, I think like, I'm going to say six years ago. Yeah, maybe like five or six. Okay, yeah. five or six years ago when we were working in retail together, we had mm-hmm. one shift and it was yep. like very strange because all of a sudden we were literally like word vomiting our experiences onto each other um, yeah. and they were so similar and I actually had thought about and was wanting to do this podcast for a long time and I was like, should I do it? Will people think it's annoying? Blah, blah, blah. I had spoken to you and you'd like... I just couldn't get over the fact that we were strangers Mm. and we just literally were able to have these very open conversations about uh, like mental health and mental illness and all these experiences that we'd had, we'd gone through at different stages of our lives. You were very young when I met you. Um, (laughs) A baby. A little baby. And I just thought like, okay, sure. Like I have to do it. So thank you. Uh, I know I that was wasn't your intention. So surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And when you said that to me the other day, I was so surprised that that made any kind of impact. But oh, it that did. Conversation with you made an impact on me too. So oh, nice. That's lovely. I think it's just so interesting when, yeah, you randomly like called into a store and you're just doing a shift and you're just like mm-hmm. there to make some money and uh, it's incredible how like that something so mundane can turn into something so incredibly important and yeah yeah i i really really benefited from and was really thankful that i had that conversation and met you and it's been really cool to kind of just be like touching base with you over the last few years seeing what you were doing that kind of thing and now you're on the show it's so exciting so exciting full circle baby (laughs) it's freaking great um but i should probably actually let you introduce yourself so if you could tell us uh who you are uh what you do and like what you love uh that would be fantastic Okay. I'm Maddie. I work sort of in healthcare disability. I work with people with spinal cord injury. And what do I do for fun? I roller skate, took that up during quarantine. Haven't done it in a little while, but want to do it again. Maybe read a lot. I do a lot of creative things. I do a lot of crafty stuff. Yeah. I've started like lettering. I bought an iPad Pro and I started like lettering and stuff, which is always fun. Um, Yeah. Just lots of like crafty, painty kind of things as well. I love your content on Instagram. I'm always like, I should do that, and then I never do. (laughs) Oh, you should. Join me. (laughs) I'm just so, like, not naturally uh, good at the crafts. Um, Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, and it's going to look so shit. And I know that it's just a case of, like, persevering and doing it many times. just do it, yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to do it unless I'm really at it. First thing. No, I'm the same, though. That's, like, one of my biggest problems in life is (laughs) if I'm not good at it straight away – that in my mind I'm never going to be good at it exactly. and I may as well not even try. I know because I think – I don't know. I, I don't know where we get this belief that uh, talent is something that just is automatically uh, there and yeah. you're good to go. Like, sure, there are a few people who are just naturally fantastic at things, but for the most part we're all, we all have to work for it. Yeah. Um, and it's just so weird. We're like, well, I wasn't great at that the first time. I'm a piece of shit. I can't I'm do it again. I'm never going to be good at it. No. I'm never going to try again. Why did I bother? Literally. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I, that's how I felt when I first started doing like embroidery. I was like, I'm going to freaking do this. I'm going to do it. It's quarantine. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to do. And I was terrible at, begin- at the beginning, but I think just because I was so bored, um, <laughs> I kept going. You had nothing with else it. to do. You had the time to perfect it. I did. I was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll just keep going. Um, and I 
I just got I so that. lost in this world of like embroidery and like punch needling and all these kind of things. Um, so fun. Yeah. And I realized it's exactly what we've thought all along. And that is if you keep doing it, you will get better at it. You will get better. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm some sort of genius, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really, really fun. I love arts and craft. I just wish uh, yeah. we were less uh, daunted, like we were less intimidated by the whole thing. Um, 100%. But I guess we, we could talk about crafts forever. Maybe that's another podcast mm-hmm. I can flag with you later. Um, yeah. We can do it. Let's well, not our own. <laughs> we could do it. We're doing arts and craft podcast. <laughs> It'll be very boring because you can't we talk see about what we're doing. <laughs> how are we stressing about every single thing we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I obviously have some uh, questions and some things I want to chat to you mm-hmm. about today. Uh, so we'll get into it. So I, I, I guess my, the first thing I wanted to kind of speak to you about was, uh, a conversation we had years and years ago, and that was you were just coming out of high school, I think, or yeah. had just come out of high school, yeah. um, and quite a lot had happened to you in, in, a, in a very short space of time, it feels like. Mm. Um, and if if it's okay with you, if, if you're comfortable, I would like to kind of yeah. ask you to share that with, with the listeners and, and what was happening for you then. I think, like, yes. Yeah, it really peaked in the last like two years of high school. Like my anxiety got really bad. My depression got really bad, but Mm -hmm. all those things, I think now looking back on it, I can be like, Oh, that started so much sooner. Like that started in primary school. That started when I was a child. My body dysmorphia started when I was probably like seven years old. Like now I realize all these things Mm. and I wish I did something about it sooner, but obviously just let it get so bad before I even thought about getting any kind of help. Mm. But year 11, kind of the end of year 10, I just started getting such bad anxiety around school, like just exams. I just could not sit an exam anymore. Like I could not sit down and sit an assessment without leaving the room sobbing, like in front of everyone, which made me even more anxious because I was like, that's fantastic. Everyone's just seen me cry and walk out of just a standard assessment, (sighs) like not even trials, not even the HSC, just a, a regular assessment. And I just couldn't do it. I don't know what happened. Like, it just kept getting so much worse. Mm. Like, kept, kept, kept getting worse all the time. And then I just kept getting more stressed about things. And there was one point where, like, my principal called me into her office because, you know, how if you didn't sit an assessment, you could get an estimate for it if you oh, had, like, a valid yeah. reason. Mm. And she was like, her son at the time was really sick. He had cancer. And anytime I would say, like, oh, my anxiety is really bad and really suffering, she'd be like, yeah, well, my son's got cancer. Oh, like, that's oh. not helpful so for anyone. Where's the space for me to seek help? Like, Ugh. you know, we talk about, you know, if you're stressed, if you're struggling, like, make sure you talk to someone. The school council is available. It just wasn't that clear for me, yeah. I think, because, yeah. and then she told me to my face, stop faking anxiety for attention. Everyone gets nervous. And I was like, what attention, (laughs) woman? What am I getting? Like, I've been sent to therapy. I'm now medicated. Where's the positive attention that you think I'm getting? Like, what Mm. what am I getting out of this? Literally nothing. And I think that's a thing. Like, it's not stress. Like, what you're experiencing isn't stress. It's it's like something on like a completely different level. Oh, my God. That's like a very textbook how not to talk to uh, young people about their mental health. (laughs) Exactly. And she was so high up in the Department of Education that all like teachers would talk to the students about, you know, she's this horrible person, but no one had the power to do anything about it. And Mm. so even when she called me into the office, like 
another, I think the deputy principal came and got me and she was like, mm. you know, just so you know, like this conversation is going to be quite hard. Like she already knew what she was going to have to listen to. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God. And then when she said, you know, stop begging for attention, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I Thank guess I'll just do that. That's support. <laughs> yeah. All better. And yeah. so like, obviously you this is happening and you and you go start you start seeing a, a like a psychologist or was it like a counselor i well the counselor was also problematic mm. because i was having like meltdown and i was like i have to get out of this room like it, this was in her the counselor's office separate occasion i was having a full meltdown and i was like i have to get out i have to get out i have to get out of here and she like held the door shut on me as i tried to open the door to get out Fine. and i like never felt so like trapped in my life i was like oh my god i'm about to have like a full-on anxiety attack yeah. panic attack and this woman is keeping me in the room that's giving me the anxiety i was like i'm never getting out of this like i'm gonna be stuck here forever that's so terrifying bad. but yeah i started seeing someone at headspace and therapy just didn't really work for me like i i really believe everyone should try it mm. but i've tried it two or three times now and it it just doesn't work for me unfortunately but and I started medication and that did help eventually. Mm. But yeah, so much horrible stuff like happened before the medication started working. It was just like awful. Like I dropped so much weight, so much weight. I lost like 10, 12 kilos and I already had like not an eating disorder at that point. I just had such poor body image. Like I yeah. had such bad body dysmorphia and everyone, like I didn't even notice for the first month or two that I dropped so much weight. And then teachers that I wasn't even close with, weren't even close with, were coming up to me and being like, have you lost weight? And I was like, no, I don't think so. No, don't think so. I'm fine. And then, like, my clothes were hanging off me and I looked, I was so tiny. Like, I looked sick. I look at photos now and I looked so ill. Mm. And even friends were like, oh, my God, you look amazing. Like, you look so good. And I was like, oh, maybe I should skip my next meal then. And then it just snowballs and so much worse. Yeah. yeah. So you're experiencing like really bad anxiety and depression. You're, you're struggling like mm. with your body image. You've not got a lot of help like from, from teachers. Like what no. was, what was happening like at home? Were you having like these conversations with your family and your parents? No, it wasn't really. No, it's just not something that I could really talk to them about. Like I mm. think they knew I was struggling and they did go, I had like this pass from my principal my deputy principal that said like if I was feeling really anxious I could go to the library if I just like presented this pass to my teacher Mm. and I used it like every single subject for over a week and then they had to go down to the school and the principal deputy principal was like we haven't gone to a single class like you can't abuse this pass and so they knew like obviously they knew something was going on but Mm. just didn't really know how to deal with it which I've got a disabled brother like it was too much on their plate and i would never blame them for it mm. um but yeah it was hard obviously oh my god and so like did you get to the hsc trials and the the exams like what happened around that I, time i think i i don't remember if i set my trials i actually never sat my hsc exams mm-hmm. and i didn't want to tell anyone at the time because i was so embarrassed i just felt like i'd failed like, and I was never going to be able to do anything because I didn't sit my HSC exams. So I just like told everyone, yeah, I did them, but I just didn't look at my ATAR because I just don't care. But mm. in actuality, I'd turned up, said, I'm not sitting these. I can't do it. And then it was a new deputy principal and she was just like, that's right, go home. And that was the end of it. And I was like, I'm never coming back here. 
I'm never dealing with this ever again. Was there like a a huge sense of relief for you then? A little bit. It was nice knowing that I didn't have to go there every day where Mm. obviously like I had just associated that place with so much anxiety, so much depression, like just horrible memories Mm. with the academic side of it. Obviously, like I had friends there and I had teachers that I really liked, but it was also kind of scary because I was like, what do I do now? Don't Mm. have my HSC, never applied to uni, don't know what I want to study, hated studying. So I was like, I have no idea what to do. (laughs) That was going to be my question. Like when you were in like the kind of earlier years of high school, like did Mm. you enjoy like the academic side of things, was it always something that kind of gave you a little bit of stress and induced a bit of panic in you? Or was it kind of something only that started when it started to kind of ramp up when they start talking about how important it all is and like freaking you the fuck out? It got worse when it, when that, yeah, when it started being like, okay, year 11, year 12, like now you've really got to kick yourselves into gear and got to do Ugh. well. But I remember talking to a friend about it and being like, don't you feel so much pressure? And she's like, no, I don't feel any pressure. And I'm like, I was just, am I imagining this? Like, <laughs> is it just, but now I know obviously my anxiety was just so bad that I just thought the world was against me, the whole school system. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do any of it. But I definitely was always a bit anxious around school stuff. And I think when I was a kid, mm. when I was like little, I was like, oh, she's so smart and she's so clever and she's so talented. And it was without obviously not bragging because this is tiny me, not me now. <laughs> but like things like that. And like my mom said, like my teachers in primary school would be like, oh, she's going to be like school captain one day. She's going to be so good and she's so smart and all this stuff. And then I just felt like so oh, much pressure. Well, that's not me. But it wasn't even that much pressure at the time like Mm. it's not like everyone was telling me this and I felt like I had to live up to it it was just like now I'm like god what happened (laughs) where did things go wrong something did (laughs) I think if you've got those natural like tendencies towards like um being anxious or or um being easily kind of panicked and stressed and things like that i think it Mm. i think it kind of makes sense though that it's going to come out and explode within high school because like when you think about it i mean i don't know maybe there is no perfect way of having uh of constructing a high school education but it doesn't really seem very conducive with like no everything that we're experiencing at that period of time did you go to at all did you go to an all-girls school I did. Yeah, yeah, I think the thing I found um, going to an all-girls school, and I th- I've had these conversations with a few other people on the podcast before, was how inherently competitive it was. Yeah. Um, I think as women, we are from the get-go, like, pitted against each other. Um, but that's such an, like, exterior thing. Like, that's not yeah. that we are like, I have to compete with all women. It's just like, yeah. well, which one of you women is the prettiest and the smartest and the skinniest and the whatever, whatever. 100%. And then, yeah, it really shows its ugly head it does it does i saw like very very strong friendships kind of tested because both of them were like fantastic at english for example and there was always it didn't really fucking matter what mark you got it was like who was the top at the end of the day do you know Mm. what i mean like who was gonna be the best i feel like it's just such an insidious thing and i think yeah i think it impacts young women so much more than they realize and i don't think you realize until much later and you're like god that messed me up bad exactly i just think like 
you're already you're already so segregated and you don't have like I mean I'm sure there are like pros and cons to both right like if you're in a mm. co-ed school maybe you're going to be more fucking distracted because of boys or whatever <laughs> but I do think it's more but co-ed schools I think are more uh, a bit are a better reflection of what reality is like you know like yeah you don't leave true. you don't leave school and there's only women around that is true um and I think yeah, I just I have had so many conversations with young women who've gone to all girls schools, specifically like kind of like those more private Catholic schools and things like that. Mm. And it's been the same. It's been the same um, experience. And I can't help but think like maybe everybody's <laughs> mental health would be better if we yeah. didn't uh, encourage this. Like we had this thing called the '90s Club. I don't know if you guys had that. No, but basically they had like figured out who they thought were going to be like the top scorers within the HSC. Oh, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, like, That's had rough. done some done some uh, analysing of, I don't know, test scores and things like that. That's awful. Fucked up, right? And they'd have, like, meetings <laughs> with, like, with, these, with these girls. Yeah. To kind of, like, give them extra – I don't know if it was tutoring, but, like, advice. So this is students telling other students do better. No, no, no. This is These are the teachers. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Still Teach, messed up. Still, still messed, messed up. up. Still messed up. So they'd they'd like call them into a room, like I'm gonna say, like it was once a month, and they would like oh. go through like the important, like it was kind of like the importance of the HSC, blah blah blah. Like we really need you to do well. This is how you can do well. And obviously, like schools need to have good test results. Like that's how they get. Mm. I don't know, funding maybe? I'm not really sure Something how it all like works. That. Yeah, but it's important to them for some reason. And the fact that they like do this and this is the process it just feels really yucky yeah i agree you know? and i also don't like i was gonna say i don't like at my school we had like it's all the classes like that your main sort of subjects were mm-hmm. had a letter for each class and you were in whatever letter and like the first three were like the top top ones like the smart people and i just hated that because it was so like oh i just felt so yuck like in mm. my electives with women that were in those classes i was like oh god i don't i don't want to put my hand up i don't want to say anything because these are the the smart people and yeah. they're going to be like oh she's definitely not one of the smart she's people a like dumb person yeah, yeah. Oh, i know and I there know. was one girl i remember who had said something about like you know it's like not fair if people don't try or people don't do well because it just drags everyone else's score down <laughs> and i was like mm, honey you're gonna have a rough time out there i know no i yeah. think i think you're totally right like it's just it's putting our it's basically saying your worth is based on your intelligence or your ability to uh pr- like to get test scores and to exceed academically yeah. that's where your worth is because and yeah. that's the case if you're not doing that and if you're not you know a sports person because you know that that was fine like if you were not amazing at school but you could play sport really well well that was yeah. fine but yeah. if it's not one of those two like where does your what is your worth lie and, and that's if, just yeah. like at school as well then you've got your social life and it, mm. they're not the skinniest and you don't have the coolest stuff and you're not going to the coolest places and you're not doing all this whatever then there's like your pressure in your social life and the pressure in your academic life and it like where does it end like where do you get any kind of relief then exactly and that's the thing like you it makes sense that you'd have young people who like yourself like are experiencing these really extreme bouts of anxiety and depression because it's literally like 
it's an impossible task. So why would you try yeah. if it's an impossible task or it feels like an impossible yeah. task? So I just think so many people uh, would identify with what you've experienced because – and even if even if it wasn't obvious to you or to the people around them, I'm sure that there were people – in your school and my school who were having similar experiences but were just kind of chose to really hide Really hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have yeah. one friend, mm. sorry, no, at another ahead. school and she was like top of her school, like co-ed. She was top of everything. She was amazing. And then I think maybe a bit through year 12, she sort of like mentioned that she was like really struggling mm. with her mental health. And I was like, well, there you go. Like there, who else is struggling? Like who else is suffering because of this? crappy system that isn't serving most of us i still i have this very vivid memory and being very confused by the story that it was told to me and that was some teachers at our school had 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 uh provided some sort of anecdote about this other girl at another school who was like top of her class and blah 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 blah. and she ran herself into the ground and had a nervous breakdown and ended up in hospital and we were like well that's fucked but also like Maybe the reason that happened is because mm. the school system and the way that it's set out and the pressure that's put on this person is not good. Do you know what no. I mean? Like they're like, it doesn't Don't. serve everyone. Exactly. Like not everyone gets out of it what you think they're going to get out of it. Mm. And then if you're telling people, young girls, young women, these that kind of story, so what are you doing about it? Yeah. What what systems are you putting in place to make sure that never happens again? Mm. Or to minimize the effects that your system is having like that kind of effect on people. Like, 100%. tell me what you're doing. Give I me, a- I want dot points. I want a PowerPoint. Tell <laughs> me what you're doing. Give me uh yeah, I need a plan. I need a plan in place. You've I- got three to five business days to make some decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just such a conflicting narrative that was being told to you, right? Like don't stress. Yeah. It's not the end of the world, but also you better fucking deliver. Like that's yeah. kind of how it felt. It's like they just wanted you to be super smart without trying. Like, yeah. that's just the kind of people they wanted. Yeah. It's just not you only really have to do, like, three hours of homework a day and you'll be mm-hmm. set. You're like, what? But make sure you exercise. Make sure you eat well. <laughs> and make sure you spend time with your family. And make sure you spend time with your friends. Exactly. Make sure you do all these things. Okay. Just unrealistic. And schedule in time to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember just going to school. And I probably looked so miserable. And people would approach me and they're like, Same. are you okay? And I'm like, well... No, but I can't really do anything about it. Like, what would you like me to do? Yeah. There's, I'm still turning up. Yeah. I'm still suffering through it. Like, what's the alternative? As a person with extreme <laughs> anxiety that was not open about it to the world, I thought a really good thing to do would be to become school captain. So that was fucking... Really? Yeah, That's yeah. so interesting. I couldn't. I don't know why, but I just... I guess it was p- part of that whole idea of, like, wanting to prove yourself and wanting, pe- wanting people to like you and mm. to, to have self-worth. And then but you it, have control yeah, and it's all fine. Exactly. Yeah. But it ended up being, like, the worst thing for me mentally because oh. I all of a sudden had all this extra responsibility and uh, I was so scared of people not liking me and not doing a good job. And then I was also having to do, like, you know, uh, compete with everybody academically. And I was a relatively intelligent yeah. person and and I thought I should be getting 
ban sixes across the board. Mm. <laughs> I fucking hate that. I, the, I, if I never hear ban six in my life again, <laughs> I'll be happy. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was just so, I was so miserable. I was, was so, awful. so miserable. Like, yeah. the whole thing for me, the whole last two years, I was like, I want to keep turning up because I want to see my friends. And I did like learning and I knew I could do well. I knew I had the potential to do well. But it was just so much that I was like, I can't keep doing these. I can't keep crying before I come to school and while I'm at school and after I get home from school. Like, yeah, I know. It's not conducive with a happy life. It really isn't. God. Well, I mean, so for you, when this, when this all happened and it it came to a head and and then you obviously finished school, Mm. um, what did life start to look like for you? Because I know obviously around the time we met, you were working. So that was shortly after. So Did getting a part-time job and and kind of getting a little bit of uh, a separation from that time help you? I don't know if it helped. I think it was just honestly working was like something to do because I was like, what else am I going to do? Like I'm not so talented at one particular thing that I could go and start a small business straight away or I I couldn't go into a career. I didn't even finish my HSE, so I was like, what do I do now like oh well I guess I just work like I finished school so I'll work so I worked at my job that I had during high school and then I got the job where you and I met which was coincidental by the way I literally was in that store so often that they were like do you want a job like do you want to just work here that's literally how I got that job that's so funny that's very a little bit sad but yeah (laughs) I know (laughs) But, yeah, it was just working. I don't know if it helped, but it was just something to do. Like, Mm. it was just like, what else am I going to do? I Mm. guess I just work now kind of thing. And then I'll just figure out what I'm going to do later. And I wanted to travel so bad. And I had plans with a girl that I was friends with in school who turned out to be awful, awful. And so that plan fell through. But I think that, like, oh, I'm going to go to Europe for a few months, like, was what I was, like, living for through school. I was like it's fine. Just get out of school, work for a few months, go away for a few months. Just, it's fine. Just get, just get to that. Yeah. And then she turned out to be honestly awful, like so bad. And so I was like, well, what do I, what do I do now? Like, I don't even have a travel plan. I was too anxious to travel on my own. That's yeah. And then I just kept working and then eventually I got to go on that trip with my current boyfriend. Thank God that happened that way because (laughs) I can't imagine if it had happened the other way, but at the time, I was like, my world is collapsing. Like, yeah. I have nothing to do. I have no plan. And everyone's going off to uni or taking their gap years and then going to their dream university. Yeah, it was awful. I guess it's like that issue of just like uh, comparison being mm. the worst thing for a young person oh, yeah. in terms of their mental health. I think that's so, that's so true, though, because I feel like everybody would be doing what's classified as like the standard way to do things the right perfect framework the to framework work yeah yes 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 so for someone like yourself who's already like feeling like they haven't you know done things in the correct order or the way that everybody else was doing them that would have been so yeah. stressful i am so sorry Ugh, not fun and no. i guess so um you mentioned to me in this form you filled out that a few years later you were doing better Mm-hmm. Um, and then you attended like a party and things kind of started yeah. to go bad again. Do you want to kind of talk yeah. us through what happened there? Honestly, and I, I hate to say it, 
but like when I met my boyfriend, everything was just so perfect. Like, you know, I know. No, that's not bad. I get it. Love is great. It was just great. Like I was just so happy. First relationship, absolute angel of a man. Like just, it was, everything was perfect. And then I went to a party that was not like a crazy party, just a party (laughs) that was one of my friends from high school and Mm. the whole group that I'd been friends with while I'd been the most anxious I'd ever been in my life and all that were there. And like, I hate to say it, but they just, they hadn't changed. Maybe they had changed, but they hadn't changed. Like they were still, it was like they were 17 Mm. still. And I was, I mean, I was only a few years older, but I was like 21 and I just felt like I had I was not the same person I was Mm. in high school anymore. I was not that person. She was long gone. And these girls were just exactly the same. And just spending a few hours with them, like, it was, like, instantly back in that exact, like, Mm. I'm so depressed, I'm so anxious, like, exact mind frame mindset. And it was just awful. And then I ended up, like, going back on antidepressants because – it just put me back in that place so deeply. It was just crazy, like the, how they hadn't changed even that tiny bit in four years or you know five years. It was just Far yeah, out. it's almost like I you're know. kind of experiencing some sort of like PTSD in this. Literally, like, yeah, it probably had, was. Like, you've had this yeah. terrible experience. You've gotten away from it, and then you've been put back in an, uh, a situation that is so uh, similar to that. Mm. that your body's gone oh whoa it's like oh no we can't do this again we can't do this again like no out we're out we're out abort you try to like like it's different now like it's not the same now i'm not in school i don't have to think about exams i'm not actually friends with these people i never have to see them again if i don't want to yeah like i hadn't seen them for years and i only saw them at this one party and i haven't seen them since and but it's hard to be like convince your brain, your mind, like it's different now. It's not the same. It's not the same mm. when it probably was PTSD. It probably was. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but it's it's hard to like separate. Like oh, things are fine now. You're okay. Yeah. You, we don't need to go through this again because you just. I was put back in that like mindset, and it was like game over straight away. Mm. So it's hard to separate. But yeah. And how's your kind of recovery journey been since that just kind of up and down honestly like I was on antidepressants for maybe a year or so after that and then I haven't been on them for a little while now I think I was always kind of like I'm I'm okay but could I be better like Mm. am I just kind of convincing myself that I'm fine when I have these bad days when really I should be having less of these days Mm. like but yeah just up and down but that makes sense. I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, I recently uh, completely got off my meds for like the first time in six years, which was a wow. fucking uh, <laughs> a task. It was, it was a difficult oh, time. But I, I think bet. it's interesting. I think I wasn't ready though, even though I thought I was until that point. Mm. Um, and I think it's really. It's hard because you get sold this narrative. I like go on the medication, then I'll be good, and then it's done. But yeah. I think for people like us who have had these, these struggles with our mental health and blah, 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 mm. I think it's so it's so easy to just assume that you do the treatment and that it's done. 
But what's really hard to come to terms with is the fact that this is something that you will be managing for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's my hardest thing to come to terms with that. And like, I have physical health struggles as well. Yes, I just, which we can talk about next. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I just cannot. And I, you see people like on social media and whatever, mm. and they're so like, I've come to terms with it and like whatever I have, you know, whatever the thing is, and it's fine now. And I'm just, I'm not there. Like I'm, I don't accept that I have three chronic illnesses and anxiety and depression and whatever else. Like I mm. don't accept that and I can't accept it. And it's so hard for me to just be like, okay, I'm going to have these forever. Mm. Let's just do what we can with it. Like it's and hard I, for and me I to think that makes, accept that. Yeah. I think that makes sense because I, oh, I just knocked my microphone. I think that <laughs> makes sense because again, you're comparing yourself to everybody else and their experiences yeah and when you're literally sitting next to someone who has no physical illnesses no uh has not struggled with their mental health has got things uh quote-unquote together um Mm, that you can see that you can see anyway it's fucking hard because you're like i just want that thing like why do i have to have this yeah. You know what I mean? And then you start going, oh, well, actually, compared to other people, I have it really lucky. So not only am I not having a great time, I'm also awful. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a terrible person because I'm, I'm complaining when someone somewhere else is dealing with something 20 million times yeah, worse. Exactly. I get that so much. I get so much of that guilt. Like, exactly. I complain about the tiniest thing. I'll be like, God, I should keep your mouth shut. Like, what are you whinging person. about? I'm a bad person. <laughs> I I have the same thing. I mean, yeah, I also have a few chronic health conditions, some uh, a little mental health baby challenges now and mm. then, obviously. But I just pivot between constantly, fuck, I just wish uh, I could eat gluten again like everybody else, oh. to uh, I need to chill out. I don't have it that bad. And you just... Yeah. Uh, when you don't i think when you don't give yourself the room or the time to like mourn what you originally thought your life was going to be and feel like yeah um it's very hard to move on from it yeah i agree but i also don't think that you have to do it anytime soon like you'll get there when you'll get there kind of thing eventually yeah yeah but yeah i agree with you like with you know, you complain about something like, God, someone else has it so much worse. But that doesn't invalidate the fact that you're still suffering. It's still all these daily struggles for you. Like, yeah, someone else may have it worse, but you're still allowed to complain about it and be annoyed about it or angry about it. Oh, yeah. Like one of my closest friends, um, she has had so many um, difficult things happen to her in her life and has had so many challenges and uh, is quite frankly one of the most incredible people I've met. And I used to say to her, like, I can't, I feel like I can't complain or I shouldn't say things because you've had it so much worse. Like, mm. why, why would you want to hear my stories? Like, why would you want to hear that? And she's like, pain is relative. Like, yeah. you can't, I can't experience what you're experiencing and you can't experience what I'm experiencing. So it kind of, it's kind of void, right? Like, you don't, yeah. it, it's, it doesn't help anyone. <laughs> by a you feeling sorry like you can't you feeling guilty is not assisting anyone and you probably and you trying to avoid the fact that you're feeling terrible because you feel guilty about it it's not helping anyone definitely not helping you it's not helping you it's not helping anyone else yeah exactly so it's just this kind of like a a lose-lose situation it's like what do i do with all this frustration what do i do with all these like feelings yeah Yeah. but i think it's where do i put them (laughs) exactly but i think it's so mature and uh 
really cool that you you openly admit and you understand that you have not got to that point yet when you can accept it. Because, oh, yeah. And I don't think yeah. it's coming anytime soon. And that's like, fine. I think yeah. it's so – I think people just want, like, to just tie everything up in a neat little fucking bow and be like, mm. cool, done, fixed. But, like, the reality of pain and trauma and illness and disability is that it doesn't – it, like, persists. It, it continues, yeah. right? And you can't and think- just fix it and be okay with it. Yeah, I agree. And I think other people want you to be that Mm. person. Sometimes it's like, well, you know, you've got it. So, you know, now just do what you can about it. Like, just go see your specialist. Just take your meds. Just, Mm. you know, like, oh, well, you can't do anything about it. So let's just move on. Like, but I'm just like, no, (laughs) I'm not ready to move on. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta say to them, like, uh, what I want to say to them is, uh, you just want that because it makes you more comfortable. Essentially. You don't have to think about my suffering. You don't have to think about how hard it must be when you don't have these kind of struggles. Yeah. Exactly. Like, sure. I mean, it would be if, if I was saying to one friend every day for hours on end, how much, uh, how much of a hard time I was having, that would grate on them for sure. Absolutely. But at the same time, like, as humans, we cannot just want, we cannot just like will people to shut the fuck up about what they're experiencing. Um, mm. because it's easier for you and more palatable for you. Uh, yeah. And you can sleep better at night. Like, it just, it doesn't work that way. Well, I was um, talking about this with a friend today, a similar mm. kind of topic about, you know, she was saying someone in her life wasn't like comforting her when she was really upset and Mm -hmm. she was like oh you know they were really tired and they'd had a long day and all that stuff and it's it's fine like they should have communicated that they didn't have the mental space for it because I before you dump something on someone before you vent like you know it's nice checking like do you have the mental space for this right now and vice versa like instead of just being like oh you know cutting the conversation off just be like i'm really sorry but i don't have the mental space for this right now can we talk about this tomorrow can we talk about this when i'm not so exhausted or you know xyz yes but that's such a more mature way of doing it right than like doing a half-assed like oh you know it'll get better (laughs) yeah yeah it'll be fine thanks just say i'm really sorry but i can't cope with this at the moment i have my own things can we talk about this tomorrow yes the day yes 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 i've literally had i've had that conversation so many times with my partner i'm Mm. like yo uh before i start talking about this thing can you please tell me if you're gonna have the mental space to deal with it right now and then we can table it yeah but i don't (laughs) want to put my breakdown on hold (laughs) i want to tell you everything and you just like not be actually paying attention it's gonna make me feel worse yeah people i think it's just people skills i think yeah we just need to get better at it (laughs) we all need to be better communicators for sure exactly back to what you were saying um just previously previously about having some like chronic health conditions that Mm -hmm. that are also coexisting with um your uh your uh mental health condition as well what's that experience been like so how did that all kind of eventuate and uh what's that relationship been like between physical and mental health so well the chronic illnesses that I have, um, I have endometriosis, I have Crohn's disease, and I have chronic fatigue. And then mentally, I have depression, anxiety, body dysmorphia, to put it all in nice it's little boxes. Full, it's a lot. It's a nice uh, little cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, it's so horrible. <laughs> um, it's, I now can, like, think about times in my life where I'm like, uh, 
that makes sense. I was upset about that one thing because this was happening with my body and that made my mental health like take a huge dive. And now it's easier now that I have like diagnoses for things as well. It's so much easier for me to be like, okay, I'm upset about this one thing because this part of my physical health is acting up and messing with my mental health. Mm. But getting the diagnoses was such a long process that, I mean, I say long, you know, people get these diagnoses when they're 50, whatever, but, mm. and I know I'm only 23, but it feels like the longest thing in the world to wait for diagnosis, to be seeing doctors from, I remember going to like a GP, mm. just like the next available GP, whoever I, the whoever he was, when I was like 13 and being like, I'm really tired, like all the time. Wow. I'm tired. Even that young. Yeah. And it, but I remember being tired all the time when I was a child. Yeah. Like, I think I've always just had like chronic fatigue as a, mm. a starter. And I just remember going to him and he was just like, mm, do you think you might be depressed? And I just like, burst out because I'd never even considered that as well and I was like what no what no I'm not depressed like what no I just I need something to help me sleep like yeah what are you talking about and then you know going to doctors for this and that maybe because my bloating was really bad one doctor was like no you just have IBS it's just it's just IBS just cut out gluten for a little bit just you'll be fine you'll be fine and then turns out I get a, a diagnosis for inflammatory bowel disease that leaves me bloated after a glass of water like so that ruins my body dysmorphia like makes it so bad and then heard that my gastroenterologist at the time telling me no but your Crohn's isn't even that bad because I'd try all these medications and I'd be like I am bloated all the time my clothes don't fit I literally look six months pregnant all the time and she'd be like no, but your Crohn's isn't even that bad. Like when we did the colonoscopy, there wasn't even that much there. And I was like, well, what the fuck's going on? doesn't matter. It's still happening. It's oh so my bad. God. And then getting endometriosis diagnosis, which causes so much bloating. So I was like, okay, that's perfect. That's two things that are causing horrible bloating that I can't seem to do anything about. So it ruins my like mental state with my body. It just yeah. gives me even worse body dysmorphia because I'm just like, am I, have I put on a whole bunch of weight or did I just drink a glass of water this morning? Like what's, what's going on? So it's that it, you know, it just messes everything up. And then endo and Crohn's all cause fatigue, like quite bad fatigue. Yeah. Plus I've got chronic fatigue. So it's a real balancing act. (laughs) And some days it's really tipping one end of the scale. I just think like, that's the thing. Like, sure the diagnoses would have helped you a lot because you can kind of Mm. attribute what's going on to that particular thing it's helped me like categorize yeah symptoms it's helped me be like okay i'm anxious because of this i'm stressed because of this this is happening with my body and it's making me feel this kind of way like it is good getting a diagnosis but then having the diagnosis and knowing like oh these are chronic illnesses i'm never going to shake them Mm. i'll always have them and i just have to learn to manage them that really messes with me and that is something like i just don't think i'll ever fully accept did you do you think that you almost go through a bit of like a like a mourning process of yeah i definitely what what you kind of wanted your i guess the outcome to be yeah 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 for sure because i think when i would be so exhausted all the time I would, you know, I'd sleep for eight hours, be exhausted, 10 hours, exhausted, 12 Mm. hours, exhausted. And then I just always, 
until I think I got the chronic fatigue diagnosis last year. And I was like, I just need something to help me sleep, Mm. to get me into a good sleeping pattern, and then I'll be fine. Right. And then they go, no, you've got chronic fatigue. Like, you absolutely have chronic fatigue. And I'm like, fuck. Fuck it. Damn it. Like, (laughs) what are we meant to do about it now? Like, oh, horrible. And the same with endo. Like, I had such bad period pain all the time, chronic back pain. I was taking, like five to six pain medications, like just different types of pain medications during a day just to be able to walk, to be able to get out of bed and being like, no, I just need like, I just need a good chiropractor. I just need a good chiropractor. I just need someone to crack my back or something. And then they're like, no, you've got endometriosis. That's chronic illness. You'll probably have that forever. It's like, God damn it. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) It's just so hard, right? Because you thought maybe uh, a few things you could do will just like, and Help it'll all it. be wrapped up. And it'll be nicely fixed. Yep. And, and then I guess, even, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even remember saying like at the end of 2019, I was overseas and I remember saying to my boyfriend like, I'm going to see gastro this year. I actually started by seeing a, a naturopath nutritionist first. And I was yep. like, I want this wrapped up by the end of 2020. Like this is all going to be wrapped <laughs> up. I remember being so sure as well. Like, no, it's going to be fine. I'm going to see this person for this, this person for this, this person for that. And Done. it's all going to be fine by the end of 2020. And now I'm like 2021. I've got all these diagnoses <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, what I, to do? Yeah. I think I think as well in the sense that obviously when you were experiencing like pretty pretty extreme mental ill health, mm. um, that's uh, going to take a lot of uh, energy out of your day. Yeah. Uh, but then also having to kind of like, I guess, navigate everyday life with these things that are always going to be there. Yeah. That in itself is very draining, and I'm sure it also feeds that those experiences or those those issues with your mental health would you say that's kind of how it feels sometimes yeah it just feels like there's always something you know like and I can function and I really tried not to let anyone at work know for a really long well I said a really long time I've been there for like just over a year and a half at my current job Mm. and I really tried not to let like especially managers know just because I was so worried that they'd be like oh well you're not fit to work yeah like you're not fit to do anything like yeah and then it did get back to them. And then they were like, should you be doing less days? Should you be doing shorter shifts? And it's like, I'm fine. I'm managing it. I yeah. know how to ask for help. I do remember having a conversation with one of my managers just being like, I know how to ask for help and I will ask for help when I need it. If I need a day off, if I need something, I will ask you for it. But like, I need you to trust me that it's, I've got it under control for now. Mm. And if I ever don't, then I'll let you know. But yeah. it is a balancing act and with you know, mental and physical health and even just between all the different bits. But it's, yeah. Oh, I mean, what do you do, you know? <laughs> do Exhausting you, sometimes. Yeah. Do you, do you feel, and this is something I've kind of uh, had conversations with people about who've experienced chronic health conditions, and do you feel like as a society we're always about uh, – being productive productive thank you yeah see i I I shouldn't do this after i've been working all day (laughs) the whole idea of about being a good citizen or a Mm -hmm. a, a good person within the world is how how productive we are and what we're contributing to the world do you feel like you look at that mentality and feel like it, it 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 affects you quite negatively 
I have this conversation with my boyfriend all the time about even on a smaller scale, like on my days off, if I don't do a whole bunch of things, if I don't tick everything off my to-do list Mm. and then also do something for fun and then also have a rest, I feel like I haven't done anything. Mm. Like I feel so unproductive. So on a smaller scale, like that affects me with all the health stuff because I'm like some days on my day off, like I just need to sleep. Mm. Like I literally just need to sleep for until 4 p.m. because my chronic fatigue is caught up with me by that point in the week or whatever. Mm. But then, yeah, I feel like I've accomplished nothing. I feel like I've added nothing to the world. I feel like I haven't done anything. I should have done more. I should be doing more creative stuff. I should be trying to, do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I get so much anxiety around productivity when I don't do something. Even if I have like one thing on my to-do list and I take it off, I'm like, "Mm, no, there's got to be more. Yeah. It's got to be something else that I'm meant to be doing. Like, what else can I do? And then I get a little bit stressed thinking about, like, what else do I need to be doing? And I'm, like, reaching for things to put on my to-do list wow. so I can tick them off so I can feel good about it. And it's just a cycle. Then. No, I, I I think it's just so – it's such a common thing. I mean, I do it the same thing. <clears throat> the same thing. Mm. I don't think I'm worth – I have value unless I'm contributing or I have yeah. lots of outputs, you know, on, on the boil. I – I think it's just so common in people with uh, not necessarily anxiety, but like people who are quite perfectionistic in nature um, is this idea of like having to provide the world something and show your Mm -hmm. worth. Yeah. I think. And I can only imagine, and I have the same thing in like, I just put up with my chronic health stuff. Like I just do it. I just get it done (laughs) because it's not that bad. It's kind of bad, but it's also not. And I'm like, no, yeah. it doesn't matter. I I have the wits about me. I can do all this stuff. I should be productive. I should be doing this, this, this. And then, do of course. Do you go between the two? Like, I do. And I, I do deserve nothing. rest. I'm yeah. fine. Like, yeah. I deserve rest. I don't I don't have to do anything today. And then, like, God, what, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Like, I need to do something. Yeah. Exactly. It's just this... Uh, impossible uh thing that you're trying to achieve right um Mm. and i think i think it's hard enough when you're when you i think as people it's hard enough when we don't have all those we don't have chronic health conditions we don't have we're not experiencing mental ill health to feel like you're valued and to feel like you're contributing enough so top put all that stuff on top it's like it you just feel like you're not doing enough yeah it's so so hard and i think it's draining yeah Yeah, it is draining and that i mean i we could go into capitalism and (laughs) blah 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 blah, and the fact that we feel like we have to be doing stuff because we've been told we have to be doing stuff but Mm. um i think that's i think it's definitely what has had uh potentially such a large impact on our generation's mental health is this idea of producing content and always being like giving back or giving something doing something and anything like proving yourself like proving like but even i think it starts not starts with but it something that fuels the fire is like social media like posting on your stories or this is what i'm doing this is where i am this is who i'm with see i'm out to lunch see i'm at a concert see look what i'm doing like i'm doing so many cool things Mm. like it's always everyone's always like kind of proving themselves and i think people would go no i just post that like for fun like 
Do we? No, you don't. Because if you were really having fun, you would Then you wouldn't care if you had any followers. You wouldn't care who's seen it. But you care. Like, we all care. A hundred percent. I think it's only as I've gotten a bit older, which makes me sound like I'm (laughs) old, but I'm not. Now Um, that I've turned 50. Now that that I'm the uh, sprightly age of 28, um, (laughs) it is something you get a little bit better at managing, I think, because you get so fatigued by it and then you do Mm. this total 180 where you're like, fuck this, I'm out, which has kind of been nice. I can't wait for that day. It's a little bit fun. It's a little bit fun. I do like it. Uh, Your hangovers are worse. I feel like I'm close. Yeah. (laughs) Hangovers are worse, but you're less, you hate yourself less. So okay. it's kind of nice. Sounds all right. Yeah. Sounds not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. You're right. Like, obviously we could again talk about social media for, for a long time, but, um, it's, it's incredibly difficult for anyone who has anything regarding chronic, uh, health, like a health, chronic health condition or a mental health condition how we're then having to compete with everybody else who is just as obsessed with productivity and contribution. Mm -hmm. It's like you're setting yourself up for failure. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like how do you win? Exactly. This kind of stuff. Like where's the, where's the game? A hundred percent. I completely agree. What are some things you do to, to make sure you're kinder to yourself and that you, that you that you find helps you on those days when you're struggling with either a chronic health condition or your mental health is 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 not doing great what are some things that you kind of do to to make sure you're staying well i hate using the self-care <laughs> term because i'm like well, but you know what i mean I, yeah i know what you mean i remember reading this one quote ages ago that mm. i've talked about like to friends and stuff before that was like i don't even remember where i saw it but it was like Real self-care is creating a life that you don't routinely have to escape from. Ooh. And love that. I'd never th- yeah, I'd never thought about it because it's like self-care, make a bubble bath, <laughs> bath, go to Lush, buy some nice stuff, like oh, have a spa day. Lush really but, capitalized like, on that self-care stuff. They're that. really they're, they're making games. They've done well. <laughs> they've done well. Oh, good on them though. <laughs> um but yeah, like real self-care is yeah, making creating a life around you with friends and a job which is but even that i'm like god even that comes from a place of privilege assuming that you can get a job that you don't hate and that you have a living situation where you don't feel threatened or unsafe or uncomfortable Mm. and that you have friends that you can rely on so even that kind of thing is you know it all comes full circle back to everything's problematic but yes yes but that I always keep that in mind when I have like days where I feel absolutely rubbish, whether it's like physical health or mental health. I'm like, you know, if this, if I need to just take today to rest and not do anything and that's going to make me feel better tomorrow, Mm. then that's what I'm just going to have to do. Like if I just want to lie in bed all day or do whatever I need to do today so I feel better for the rest of the week, Mm. then that's what I'm going to do. I love that. I love that so much. You just gotta, I don't know. I just feel sometimes I get, like, feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I've been in bed all day. I haven't done anything. I'm like, oh, actually, shut up. Yeah. You got three chronic illnesses. Chill out, You're mate. struggling with a whole bunch of other stuff. Relax. Just, I have to tell myself, like, calm down. Get over yourself. Like, just relax. <laughs> just take your time. Take your time. I think, yeah, it's almost, it kind of sounds like, like you're you're trying to i guess strip back it's your, your inner life. critic right like, yeah. yeah it's just kind of going okay these are all the things these are all the parts of my life like what's important what isn't important mm. like let me put those important things together and then i can kind of build from there 
Yeah. Um, which sounds like a very, like, it sounds very, uh, simple, but also very hard to do. Yeah. Um, because it is. you're constantly like, oh, but I should be doing more. Um, well, with like productivity, mm. one thing that I've, been well that I try to do is I'll make like I have a a diary like a paper diary and I have a to-do list that I write it in like it's a weekly view one and I have a to-do list for like the week that I write on the Monday Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like I try to be a bit more relaxed about it not write like this has to be done on Tuesday this has to be done on Wednesday like this has to be done on this day and just be like these are the things that I need to get done this week if I get them done at any point during the week good on me Mm -hmm. if it gets done on a Sunday fine. If it gets all done t- on a Monday, fine. Like I just try to be not so, I used to be really strict with like, this has to be done today. This has to be done today. This has to be done today. You know, all of that stuff. But it, if I kind of just be like, this is the stuff that has to be done at some point this week, hmm. then it means if I'm having a really rubbish day on Tuesday and I don't feel like I can do anything, then I'm like, it's fine. I can do stuff tomorrow. I can do stuff Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. doesn't matter. That's amazing. No, it does. I feel like you're just... Try not to delegate too much. Yeah, just... You know what it is? Just giving yourself a fucking break is essentially what you're doing, which sounds so easy again. uh, Mm. And... But it's... Yeah, it's not groundbreaking, but it's very... (laughs) But Sometimes it is. (laughs) I know you're like, wow, this thing, have I just invented this? (laughs) Yeah. Have I just invented weekly to-do lists? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, <laughs> look, we're nearly out of time. We've been chatting for nearly a whole hour, which is Crazy. incredible. But I guess I'd like to end the show with a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is to anyone out there who's kind of experiencing a combination of um, uh, uh, mental ill health slash chronic health conditions that are affecting them more physically, um, what's some advice you'd give them uh, in terms of navigating that? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm not so sure about advice, but I do remember one thing that one of my teachers in high school did say to me when I was struggling with, like, my anxiety. I was, like, mid-panic attack, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, oh, my God, why am I the only one that this is happening to? Like, no one else in my year is dealing with any of this. And she said, like, more broadly, she was like, you're not the first, and you certainly won't be the last. Yeah. And I was like, that, I just, like, that was years ago. I graduated in 2015. Like, that was years ago. And I'm still, I think about that all the time. Because I'm like, doesn't matter what you're dealing with, whether it's mental ill health, chronic, like, physical ill health, it doesn't matter. Mm. You're never the first and you won't be the last. And there are always other people that have dealt with and will deal with what you're dealing with now. And I just remember feeling so like I'm the only one, like I don't know anyone else that's having to deal with all this rubbish stuff. And why is it just me? It's only me, but it's never only you. Mm. That doesn't like, you know, not to invalidate your struggle at all but it's never only you and there are always like there's always someone there's always someone else that's dealing with what you're dealing with or have dealt with and which means there's always help available that means there's millions of people in the world that have overcome or are currently dealing with what you're dealing with and so it is obviously you know it's possible to just you just got to keep going for a little bit and things eventually open up to you yeah, it will feel less scary. I think it's so true. Mm. Like, the idea of community is so important, hey? Um, yeah. I think, yeah, the scariest thing is the is the concept that you're the only one experiencing it. And that's the yeah. thing with, with uh, another reason I started this podcast was because when you're 
unwell, it feels like it is literally only you. And you're the only one that's unwell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the new, a new thing that's, that a person has experienced in the, mm-hmm. since I the dawn of time. I invented depression. Like, no yeah. one else has ever been depressed. No, no, no. It's very yeah. interesting. So, I think you're right. It's having that sense of community and knowing that other people have, have gone through it is just, it's quite grounding, I think. It yeah. makes you feel Even less alone. if you're not reaching out to anyone, like I've never joined any support group or anything like that, but just knowing at the time, like knowing, okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Like someone else is dealing with this somewhere. So in, if they can deal with it, I can deal with it. Just got to take a couple days to just chill and figure out a plan of attack yeah gotta figure it out chugging the fuck on i agree well um maddie it's been so bloody brilliant to have you on the show i've enjoyed talking to you so so much so thank you um for taking the time out on a very very boring friday afternoon (laughs) never a boring friday (laughs) afternoon (laughs) i really appreciate it thanks maddie thanks so much Hey everybody, welcome back. I hope you liked that one with the lovely Maddie. She is just very intelligent and lovely to talk to. And I had a blast doing that whole interview. It was one of those episodes where I actually didn't know how long we'd been speaking for. And I like looked at the clock and it was an hour and I was like, how? It's gone so fast. So those are the best conversations, I reckon. But yeah, thank you so much, Maddie, for being on the show and sharing your experiences. It's much appreciated. Uh, guys, that's it for the show, but I will give you my little spiel as usual regarding how to get in contact with me. If you want to reach out on Facebook, it's just If You Don't Mind. Instagram is If You Don't Mind Podcast. If you want to be on the show or have anything to contribute, you can email me at If You Don't Mind Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and finally, if you want to become a patron of the show, all you need to do is go to patreon.com, type in If You Don't Mind Podcast. And you can contribute for as little as $2 a month. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, Guys, thank you again for tuning in and listening to this episode. Um, And as usual, please be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. And remember, always remember, when you have a chance, listen to someone else's story. Because not only will it uh, potentially change your world, but also theirs. Just like me and Maddie. See you later, guys.